Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All Saints Day is a special day and one that the church treasures tremendously and rightfully so. It is a day where we commemorate all those who have gone uh, before us to be with Christ in rest and waiting for that great day when they will be raised from the grave and live forever in body and soul with Christ and with all those who trust in him. And it's really interesting that we focus on that because we, by being here today, are not with them. At least not as we think. By being here today, we are not part of the church triumphant. We are part of that church that is still striving and fighting, clawing tooth and nail sometimes, it feels like, through life. And it becomes sometimes more than we can bear. And for some reason, it's meant to be that way. We stop ourselves some time and ask, why? Why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so difficult to get through life sometimes? I mean, Christ has died for us. We are promised life eternal, and yet, in this world, it doesn't seem like that's the case. There are times where I am just astonished um, and I'll just say this real quick. Y'all know that I'm very proud of my daughter, even though she's lying on the floor right now. But that's okay. Um, I'm very proud of her. She's two years old. You know, you got to love her for all the things that she does. And the thing is that I am just astonished. Both, both of us are astonished that she picks up on things so quickly. And we, as parents, are not perfect. Far from it. But... We sing hymns uh, with her, and we brag on her all the time. She knows how to sing hymns. It's great. And as a dad, I, I, I find myself getting choked up when she sings this one hymn, uh, which she knows by heart, uh, Lord, Thee I love with all my heart. And the second stanza, it, it's all just, if you know the hymn I'm talking about, it is Devastating. I mean, it is just devastating as a parent to hear your child singing about, you know, um, when she dies, she prays that she will be taken off by the angels to the bosom of Abraham and things like that. And you go, oh, that's my baby talking about that, you know? But I highlight what she does because there's this one stanza where you sing to the, where you sing as a prayer, really. Lord, give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. She's two years old, and she's singing about bearing her cross. And in that sense, it's never too soon to know that as a Christian, you bear your cross, you pick it up, and you follow Christ himself. 
Christ tells us in our gospel text today what it means to be blessed. And all the things he says are blessed, the world would see as just nonsense. Nonsense. The world looks and says, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. I mean, maybe the world might see a handful of those as something admirable, but only on their own terms, depending on what you call, depending on what you define righteousness to be. But any of those things, we as Christians struggle and strive for. And what Christ preaches here is hard to discern sometimes. It's hard to discern because it's hard to know what it means when he says blessed. Blessed are those. And many commentators and people have, have thought, well, maybe we should say happy. Right? Happy are those who are these things, right? You might have heard that before. Others have said, you know, this is a sermon to those who have gone uh, before us, and they are blessed, right? It is a commendation, it is a congratulations for those who have gone before us. And that's pretty good. I think that's really nice to think about. The great thing about the words of Christ is that there are so many different ways you can view them and the blessings that they give you, but maybe what would help us to look at is that take those words, blessed, Blessed are those. And change it around. Not really change it, but maybe restate it to, to, to <laughs> admirable are those. Um, respected are those. Worthy of praise are those who have done these things. Now, we as... Christians know that no one is perfect. And yet, on All Saints Day, we remember, like I said, those who have gone before us. And what's the temptation? Those who have gone before us that we loved. The temptation is not to think about all the bad things, but it's to think about all the good times, the things that they have done, the things that they said, the things that they believed. And you want to hold on to those things. And if you don't, well, maybe you should try. Maybe you should try. Because the good things are worth holding on to, especially for those who are in Christ. What was admirable about those who have gone before us? What did you admire about them? Oftentimes when we read the obituaries of people, it really doesn't quite capture all that that person was, does it? We read it and we get a sense, an outline, but only we truly know who they were, what they've done, what they might have said to us when no one was around that we really appreciated, what they did for us that no one saw, and we admire them for it. We praise them for it. We give thanks to God for them because of it. So in that sense, 
all saints, really, is what we should be focusing on about Jesus. If we think about what is truly admirable about those who have gone before us in faith, what is truly admirable about Christ himself? When we look at the Beatitudes, we see, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, those who hunger and thirst for, for, for righteousness, the, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness, and does this not speak to Christ himself? He was all those things. As much as we love those who have gone before us, they are only saints because of Christ and what he has done. The crosses that we bear for our lives are only bearable because of the cross that he has borne for us, the cross that he has carried, the cross that he was nailed to and died upon for us. So that when we see in First uh, John chapter 3, that we are God's children now because of God's Son. We are God's children now because of His blood shed for us. He makes us co-heirs with Christ. All that He has, we now have. And yet... <laughs> Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. That if you know anything about me and what I like to harp on as a pastor, I love to talk about how heaven is not the end. Heaven is part of that now and not yet. That in heaven, we wait still. Because in heaven, they who have gone before us in faith behold Christ truly. But yet God wants more for them. And he promises a day when he will raise them from the dead and that it will be as if they were asleep. That's why we speak of death as sleep. It will be as if they were asleep and they will awake glorified, spotless, and without any sin. That on the other side of things, whether in heaven or the glory to come in Christ on the last day, they will, excuse me, they will see Christ who he, for, for who he is, that in spite of all the things that came before, they will be glad for the cross that they bore. It's kind of a strange thing to think about. Who's ever happy to bear a cross? In the midst of it, it's heavy. In the midst of it, it's painful. You wish that the load was lighter. Now, I've never been through boot camp. Uh, I've been through hard times, so maybe I can use that analogy. But anybody who's been through a boot camp or hard times, when you're on the other side of it, in some sense, you're glad. Not that it's over, but you're glad to have endured what has come. It's a badge of honor. Those who go through, 
through boot camp, in the midst of it, they say, I wish I didn't do, I wish that they would just go easy on me. But when you're on the other side of it, what do you usually hear guys say? I wish it was harder. (laughs) I wish it was harder. Because then it would have been better on the other side, right? It's a kind of an interesting kind of an interesting thing to think about, that bearing your cross is being poor in spirit. Those who bear a cross through this life will have that as a badge of honor throughout eternity. That you'll see those on the other side, and you'll admire them for it. You'll say, wow, you made it through, and what will they say? Oh, yeah, I did it, totally, all me. No. If they're saints, they'll say, thanks be to God for what he brought me through. Thanks be to God for him giving me the strength to endure. Thanks be to God for all that he has done. And in this world, because we bear crosses, the world does not know us. As it says in our text from 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 1 John chapter 3, that the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. This is kind of an easy test on some sense. Where do you stand before God and before the world? We as saints here now have to keep checking ourselves against God's word. We always have to be mindful of what he wants us to be because of who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. So to have the world not know you is actually to be proof that you are a child of God. They're perplexed when you joy through sadness, when you give thanks to God for hardship. They're perplexed. And so if that's true, then the other side is that if you are a friend of the world, be careful. If they laud you for your stance on certain things that God does not approve of, then be careful because you're in danger. Because the children of God are purified through what God has done through Christ, through holy holy baptism, through hearing God's word, through confession and absolution, by partaking of God's body and blood, through the body body and blood of Christ, we are purified. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. He continues to cleanse us. He continues to tell us his promises. He continues to cheer us on, to give us joy, to give us strength through the hardships, through the cross, He points us to his cross to show that his burden is easy and that his yoke is light. So through this All Saints Day, there are are many, many things I could say, but I'll keep it there, that through the midst of trial, Through the midst of pain, we bear a cross, and those who bear their cross faithfully to the end shall be given the crown of life and live forever in the 
the, the reality of, of Revelation chapter, chapter 7, where you will be the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white through the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night through his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Um, the sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, that is Christ, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of 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 living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You will see all these things not only in spirit, but in the flesh of Christ's resurrection and 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 return through glory. And the peace of God and the peace of God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.